0: Welcome back, Questers, to another episode with Success Quest. I am your host, Caleb Valle, and I am so excited today to introduce to you um, a man that I, I've just been waiting for so long to have on this podcast. This guy, let me tell you, he's broken six world records. Um, he is a business and finance expert. Um, he's a speaker, and he's also known as Mr. Biz. So let me introduce you to Ken Wentworth.
1: Hey, Caleb. Hey, Questers i'm honored and excited to be here uh you know from talking with caleb he and i uh, talked on the phone a few weeks back and ever since then i've been really excited to come and uh and join the uh and success quest and talk with you guys No, this is
0: uh, the honor is all ours man i am i really am like i'm like oh my gosh it's mr Miz. he's gonna be on the show it's gonna be <laughs> awesome <laughs> um in fact is right before this too we were just like just talking man like this is why i'm excited because ken wentworth is, is literally such a down-to-earth guy he He loves business. He loves finance. He loves what he does. He loves helping people Um, and in fact today's topic um, is about reaching your full potential. Um, We talked on the phone and we decided that this would be a really good topic for us to talk about Um, but of course before we jump right into that um, Ken why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself give some background for the questers to understand who you are and why you are.
1: Yeah so I um Uh, undergrad is in accounting but I I found out pretty quickly I'm not I'm not set out for to be a bean counter Uh, (laughs) way too much in the weeds for me but um, got out of school and I worked at a fortune 15 company for let's just say around 20 years or so Um, did a a lot of different cool things there Um, worked in accounting of course when I started and ended up um, running some operations groups I was an investment analyst Uh, I were in a planning and analysis group for several years, actually, the last several years I was there, um, and got to the point where I'd risen to the top 3% at a a Fortune 15 as JPMorgan Chase. So, 260,000 employees, I was, you know, made it to the top 3%. Ironically enough, and this is the funny part of the story, is when my boss told me that he was going to promote me to the top 1% of people in the company, is when I decided I was going to (laughs) leave. What?
0: What? Who does that?
1: <laughs> this guy. This guy does that. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little off kilter. Maybe, maybe right now you're regretting asking me to come on the show. <laughs> no, you have to explain though. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so I've always been – so first of all, I, as I tell people all the time, I am strategic to a fault. I'm always thinking way out, right? Uh, but when I say to a fault, because while I'm thinking about something that's three years out, I trip over the curve that's like right in front of me. Yep. Um, <laughs> I can see that. That's awesome. And so I was thinking through some of these things and, uh, and I'm also very decisive, like make a decision. Um, you know, I share on social media every week I have a Mr. Biz tip of the week and one of my tips, and it's one of my favorite ones is that to make a decision, like make a decision. There's the the road is filled with flat squirrels. who couldn't make a decision. I mean, oh, wow. think about yeah.
0: that. <laughs> yes, it's true. Think
1: about it that way. Right. So, um, I literally, I'm in New York City. I'm in Manhattan. I'm on the 48th floor in my boss's office. And he tells me, you know, promotion, all this other stuff. From the elevator ride down from the 48th floor down to the first floor, which takes a while. People getting on and off. It's right? just 48, you know, floors. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, in that time, because I had to go to another building for my next meeting. And that time, I decided I'm, I got to leave. I'm going to resign. Because I could see the writing on the wall that – um, you know, I'm, I'm based in, in central Ohio, Columbus, Ohio area, and, and JPMorgan Chase had at the time about 20,000 employees here locally. So there's, there's a pretty good, you know, uh, influx of folks here. But even with that, the people at that 1% level, there are about 15 jobs out of the 20,000 that are at that level here in Columbus. And many of those jobs were IT related to jobs, things that were not in my wheelhouse, not anything I'd be qualified for or be interested in. And so I knew they would be putting more and more pressure on me to relocate. And we've got three kids and that's not really in a cards yeah. for me. Didn't really want to do that family situations and whatnot. And so moving to New York city, moving to London, you know, if I was 28 or 30 and single, I would be all over it, but right? I'm, not, I'm not. So it's like, you know, how do I, so I just got to leave. And I don't know what I'm going to do, but the other part was within that, about three or four month period before then, I'd come up with two revenue generating ideas that both of them got shelved for, uh, for bureaucracy, red tape, frankly, some egos, and it was very frustrating. And so that was part of my decision too, is I said, man, I, I know I can make a bigger impact. And the skill set and the expertise that I had built up over the years, I, kn- I knew that I could utilize that and have a bigger impact. But I knew based on that recent history that that wasn't going to happen there. Um, And so I go through the rest of my meetings that day. I get a cab and um, I head to LaGuardia. And so I'm at the airport and I call my wife and uh, I said, hey, you know, Mark's going to put me up for managing director. You know, she's like, and my wife's a nurse, non-business, you know, she said, oh my gosh, all your hard work. That's fantastic. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, by the way, I'm going to leave. And my wife said, oh, I'm sorry. You got to go. Your plane's leaving. I'm like, no, I'm going to resign. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And so what What does my wife say? What does Mrs. Biz say? She said, did you get to the airport early? Have you been drinking? <laughs> yeah, she's not going to believe that. That's crazy. I said, no. And she said, uh, how about you take a little nap on the plane ride home there, cowboy, and we'll talk about it when you get home. <laughs> once I get home, we talked about it, and she completely understood. And she said, well, what wow. are you going to do? And I said, I have no idea. I said, but I know I'm going to figure it out. And some of that is a is a – a backdrop and sort of, I guess, a segue to this this, this thing we're gonna talk about, these four steps of reaching your full potential, is because of those, I had developed those things over time in my athletic career as well as my personal life and in my you know my business career. I knew and I had the confidence that I would figure it out. Like I know I have a skill set and I know it's valuable. I don't know how the heck I'm going to make a business out of it but I I know that I'll figure it out. I know I will. I'm confident because I use this smack method as I call it, SMAC. Um and so that's what led me to do it. So I literally the next time I was back in New York it was a couple of weeks later and uh told my boss I said I'm going to resign. And he looked at me funny, he got out and closed the door and he's like, "That's not how these conversations usually go, right?" <laughs> it's not normal, you know. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, I explained to him, you know, what my reasoning was. And he said, oh, I get it. You know, he said, I, I completely get it. Um, and I said, I have no idea what I'm going to do next, so I'll stick around as long as you want, um, and help you with the transition and all that kind of stuff for my replacement. And, uh, and so I did, so I stuck around there and in the meantime, I was trying to figure out what, I, what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, and so I had this, uh, I should share real quick, uh, an interesting thing. And it sounds really obvious when I talk about it now, but I hadn't figured it out on my own. I sat down with a mentor and we had that conversation like, well, what do you want to do next? How do you make, you know, how do you create a business out of your, your your set? And so we literally, and again, it sounds obvious now, but I'll tell you, anyone who's thinking about this and thinking maybe you're in a, you're in the nine to five now and you're saying, man, I want to get out and do my own thing. And, but I'm not sure what it is. We literally, he had this uh, giant whiteboard in in a conference room. He started on the left side and he said, okay, what was the first job you ever had? And I said, Well, when I got out of school, I did. He goes, No, no, no. I'm talking the first job, the first thing that you got paid to do. He's like, I don't care if you were in the fourth grade selling pencils, right? That's a job. He's like, I want to know all the way back. So we went all the way back, every single paying job I'd ever had. Three things you liked liked about it, and three things you hated about it. Wow. And we just went through every single one, right? And then we got to the end. And he stood back on the board. And he's like, okay, let's start circling commonalities. Boom, boom, boom. This keeps showing up. This keeps showing up. This keeps showing up. And he's like, okay, so we need to find you a a business, a job, where you can do these three things and you don't do these three things. And so again, it narrows it down a little bit. Yeah, well, so when you think about it, like I said, as I say it out loud now, it's like, well, that sounds like a really logical, obvious approach. (laughs) (laughs) It hadn't hit me at that point, um, but it was amazing. So he said, yeah, you need to be. a a part-time or fractional CFO for for six or eight businesses. And I had never even heard of a part-time CFO, right? I had had CFO roles in my career and, you know, I worked 70 hours a week plus in a lot of situations. I said, how how can you- What is (laughs) part-time? Right. Yeah, yeah. And so when he explained it to me, it made a lot of sense. He said, you know, you have a small business owner that is really good at fill in the blank. Whatever it is they do, whatever service they provide, uh, whatever um, product they, they create, they're really good at making widgets, but maybe they don't have the business experience. Maybe they don't have the financial experience. And so they need someone like a CFO to help guide them, but they don't really need a full-time CFO. And maybe they can't even afford a full-time CFO. And I thought, man, that actually sounds genius. I wish I would have thought of that. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Well, and so it made a lot of sense and, and it, it really made me think that that's how I could really make an impact in these wow. businesses. Again, I uh, always use the simple example and so, somewhat um, lightheartedly, but you know, Paul, the plumber who's can plumb like is nobody's business, right? He's really, really good at plumbing, but he knows nothing about business. Like he's successful despite his lack of business skills. And, and maybe Paul even knows that and knows that he needs some help. Those are the types of people or, you know, you're make you have a small manufacturing company, and you're really good operationally, but financially, you're just you don't you know you just need a little help. Um, and so he said, "Go get a client, and let's see how it goes." And so I got my first client, and it was sometime during the second week. I'm driving home, and it just out of nowhere it was like that aha epiphany. You know, light bulb above your head goes off, and I'm like, honestly, and I know it sounds so corny and so cheesy, but. I knew right then that I am doing what I'm supposed to be. What I'm on earth for right now, I'm doing it. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. And, and, and it goes with the whole cliche too. Like I, like I don't work. Like what I do is not work. I I don't. The, and, I, and again, I know a lot of people say that and when I was in my corporate career, I had nothing bad to say about my corporate career, but even then when I would hear people say, well, find what you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. And I'm like, Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, but I get it now. And like, I don't, I'll put it to you this way. Like I look forward to working. I don't sit around and say, Oh man, I got to go do X, Y, and Z. Right. I say, I cannot wait to go do X, Y, and Z because fortunately with the businesses and everything I have, I I do what I want to do. I mean, I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I just mean, I focus on the things that are in my wheelhouse and that I really want to do. And that actually took me some time. I had a a client, uh, another funny, sort of funny story. So I had this client, they were terrible, absolutely awful. They fought with each other, had a whole lot of just all kinds of problems. (laughs) I left a board meeting and I come home and again, Mrs. Biz is a nurse, complete non-business person whatsoever. Yeah, okay, But she's a nurse, very, very heartfelt, right? I get home, it's I don't know, nine, ten o'clock at night, and I'm just like my tie's undone. You could tell I've been sweating, like you know. And she says, How was the board meeting? I said, again, it was awful. And I'd been working with them about oh. six months. And they're paying me a crap ton of money, by the way. I should mention they're paying me a yeah. lot of money like, because I was working very closely with them. Oh yeah. But it was awful. I said, honestly, I leave these board meetings and I want to find the nearest tall building and jump off of it. Oh my
0: gosh, man. What and my heck? wife
1: said she looked at me like I was a complete idiot. And she said, then don't work with him. And I said, well, I said, but what, what, wait a minute. You're a genius. <laughs> I was so used to in the corporate world when you've got, you know, Bob down the hallway, who's a big pain in your butt, but your job's intersect and You just have to figure it you're out. You're stuck with Bob still, you and know? You're stuck yeah. with Bob. So, but I'm like, holy crap, I'm not stuck with Bob anymore. <laughs> So literally the next day, I sent an email. I sent a dear John letter, basically to them and say, hey, <laughs> you know, and um, you know, I'll help you find another CFO because you need someone to help you. But this just isn't working out, and, um, and it's the only client I've ever fired. Because I, what I learned from that was, as I talk to people who are prospective clients, now I look for some of those warning signs of that bad experience and yep. steer absolutely clear of those. And so, like I said, I. I will find this is another <laughs> admission. I will find, so again, I mentioned we got three daughters. I'll find, and there's always a sweet spot every night. Everyone comes home. Um, if I'm home, then, right? Everyone gets home. Uh, wife makes dinner typically. Everyone eats dinner. The girls disappear. They go upstairs. They take their showers and they're working on homework. My wife will go upstairs and, you know, she'll get a shower. I find that little sweet spot and I could sneak back into my home office and do like 20 minutes of work <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I know it sounds it just sounds goofy but that's, that does I'm, sound- trying to, I'm trying to illustrate how much I look forward to doing what I do that wow. literally yeah I'll get home and I'll get changed I call it I get out of my monkey suit I call it and while we're doing the dinner thing and all that stuff I'll be like okay I got about four minutes I think I, I can't I'll wait to get on that laptop minutes, yeah. and I'm going to have 20 minutes. What am I going to focus on for 20 minutes? Wow. And I run into the office and the home office and I just get after it for 20 minutes and I'll hear people coming down the steps and then I head back out, you know, but, um, that's how much I love what I do. Like, I, I can't stay away from it. That's I'm amazing. a night out and like, I, I don't want to miss family things, but my wife gets up at 540 every morning. Uh, The girls are up early for school. And so everyone goes to bed early. So a lot of times what happens is I'll come into my home office because there's something that I'm super jazzed up to work on. I'll come in my home office and I'll start working. And I'm telling you, I joke all the time. I'm like, it's like, it's like Vegas, right? It's like, there's no clocks in my office. Of course, there's a clock right at the bottom of my freaking laptop (laughs) anytime, but I'm kind of like, I have blinders on. I can't see it, you know? Yeah the next thing I know, I look up and it's two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, holy, holy crap. crap. What I, the gotta heck? To I gotta get to bed. I'm getting up in three hours and 40 minutes. Like I gotta get to bed, you know? Yep. But that's how much I just, I'm passionate about what I do. I love it. I can see the differences I make in the businesses I work with. Um, and it's just, oh my gosh. I, I mean, I'm super blessed, man. Honestly, I'm super blessed. I'm very, very fortunate. And, uh, not a day goes by that I don't recognize that and realize that. so
0: can you you found like the Holy Grail, man, like that's literally what it is. but what I love most about your story is the fact that to find that Holy Grail, how much time did that really take you honestly like sitting down with a mentor and literally just listing what you already kind of know based off your life and then just focusing on those things. yeah and you found it. That's yeah. crazy.
1: That's crazy. Do I mean, people they overcomplicate it, don't they? Absolutely. And that's what I mean when I, when I was saying earlier, when you when you say it out loud, it sounds like, well, yeah, that sounds like a really logical approach, but I just hadn't thought of it, you know, and I yeah. no one else had ever mentioned that to me before either. And I've mentored people for a long time. And I've never even thought about when I mentor people. Um, but it's, I mean, it's a So since then, subsequently, then the people I mentor, we go through it all the time. Because I'm like, this is this is how, you know, life altering this can be, especially for someone As I mentioned, if any questers out there that are considering, you know, have that nine to five and want to take that entrepreneurial leap, sit down and and go through that exercise. And what I will say, what's most important about that is don't just um, chase the money. Don't say, okay, what job can I, what what business can I create that I'm going to make the most money? Yes. You have to love it (laughs) because the money, money is a short-term motivator. And I know people go, oh yeah, that sounds like someone who doesn't have money says that. No. (laughs) I'm telling you, it really is. And even this in the corporate world, you know, people would say, Well, you know, I want a 10% raise. And it's like that 10% raise sounds good, the first couple of paychecks. And then you get used yep. to it. And then it's just yep. like the same old money again. You know what I mean? Whereas there's other things that are intangibly more important. And I can tell you, like, especially when I first started out, I you know, I wasn't making anywhere near the money I when I the, when I left in my corporate career, but I was like floating on cloud nine happy. Um, and and Again, I know it sounds cliche or whatever, but there's no price tag you can put on that. I mean, wow. I'm, it's it's just awesome. I mean, I'm so blessed uh, to be, like I said, to be able to do what I do and to be able to help people and give back. And so that's what, even so, I started my original business, and so I'm doing one-on-one stuff with you know CFO work with people, and I have people coming to me and it needed the help that really couldn't afford it. So yeah. they're you know startups or really small businesses, but they needed the help. So it's like, well, how can I figure that out? How can I help more people and have more of an impact? Yes scale my time, but make it affordable for them. And that's what was my second business I started, which is a, uh, a fancy way of putting it as a continuity program. So uh, Mr. Biz Solutions up here, uh-huh. <laughs> Mr. Biz Solutions is a continuity program. So you go out and you pay a monthly membership and I do Zoom sessions. So I go out and help people via Zoom sessions and I have a panel of experts that come on. So listening to business owners as, over the years since I've been out on my own out of the corporate world of what are the typical things that business owners need Well, every once in a while they have a legal question. I have an attorney that comes on and does a Zoom session every single month as part of Mr. Biz Solutions. So you can save up your legal questions and get them answered by an attorney that is focused on small business. Uh, uh, I've got a website guy who comes on and someone says, oh, I'm trying to update the meta titles because I heard that's really important for my website. I don't know how to do it. He can screen share and show you how to do that. A digital marketing person that comes on. I've got um, a person who, is a is written a book and a, a 77 second sale that, that's a, a sales guru so again think about again i'll use a pick on poor paul the plumber paul's a great plumber he's not a salesperson, but unfortunately paul needs to be a salesperson to some yep. extent this guy comes on once a month and helps those types of people with little subtle tricks to not so you're not the cheesy sales guy or girl you know and high pressure and things like that's that amazing um and doing things like that so they get a at, you know access to all these different experts almost like my idea is like a one-stop shop for small business owners to be able to get access to these experts the 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 least tenured person that I have on my panel that, that comes in and does all these individual zoom sessions Has been in business for 16 years. So there's no one on here. That's like wow. a junior resource these people are all oh my Businesses, I mean, um, it's good stuff, but the only reason I mentioned all that is because it's again as you as you grow and you start to evolve and it, and I see the impact I'm making. I want to make more of an impact. How can I reach exactly. more? Business? How can I help more business owners? So um, anyway, I'm, I'm no that that's amazing.
0: It's funny because people don't realize, especially questions if you're thinking about starting a business. And we were talking about this a little bit before we started the podcast. Um, when I started businesses, I started my first business when I was 10. By the way. Wow. Um, it wasn't like really an official business, but I was, I, I borrowed f- money from my dad and I bought 10,000 glow sticks. I started going door to door knocking and it was like, I was like, Oh my gosh, I love business. This is fantastic. And I did that for a year and a half and I grew up and that you start to realize like, I, I did a couple different types of businesses. I did window cleaning and I did like uh, concrete crack and seal. And now today we, I have success quest. Right. And it's interesting when you enter business, especially like now, like in the real world business, right. Um. The things you know versus the things you don't know, oh my gosh, right? Like if you know, if what you know is equal to a hundred, multiply that by like a million and that's what you don't know, you know? And so like you jump into business and there are those things that you're talking about, like the website stuff, the salesman stuff, the the marketing, the, the social media, like all this stuff is crazy and it can be very overwhelming. So having a platform that helps small businesses, I think that's amazing. Um, especially because small business really is what runs the economy right now. It's,
1: it's absolutely hundred percent. And what I, my vision with Mr. Biz solutions is that I want to help businesses like say that are starting out or again, that are small. I want to help them graduate. Yep. I want them to get to the point where they go, Mr. Biz solutions is not enough for me. I need, I need to hire a, a part-time CFO. Yep. I can't just have a couple zoom sessions a month. I need more than that because I've grown to the point where I need more attention. I want to help them grow to that point. And whether that's with me or someone else, I want to get to the point where they say, I need to hire a salesperson. It's not just me anymore. I'm not going to be the only salesperson. But I want to help them grow with Mr. Biz Solutions until they get to the point where they graduate and they say, hey, this has been awesome and it's helped me tremendously. But, man, I'm ready for the next level. Let's do this. You know?
0: That's amazing. I I, I think, too, when you say graduate, because how many small businesses fail within the first five years, right? So immediately, I think graduating, getting past that point, you know, because the majority, the reasons I think small businesses fail is because they underestimate how overwhelming all of that extra stuff can be. All those little pillars of what makes a business a successful business, they underestimate how important all of those are, and they maybe focus on one or two. And then they, they can't keep up, you know? And so things like that, very powerful, very powerful. Um, and, and kind of going back to, cause like I said before, like you found the Holy grail, like now you are feeling like you're getting this fulfillment. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about what we were, um, discussing, um, previously about your world records. Um, because I think it kind of ties in with like your character, you know, you really like doing what fulfills you. I think that's important because for you, it wasn't just business. It wasn't just finance stuff. It was also doing this, which I, I want you to explain to everybody. Cause I just think it's so cool, man.
1: Yeah. Well, that's another thing about me is that, um, I, I forget how the saying goes, but anything worth doing is worth doing the right way or whatever, something like that. And, and pardon my French, but I don't half ass anything. Yep. I always joke. I full ass everything. If I'm going to do, something, <laughs> uh, so, but that's, that's how I feel. Um, you know, one of my favorite quotes, and I'm not even a big star Wars person or whatever. One of my favorite quotes is a Yoda quote. It's do or do not. There is no try. Yep. That's and that's the, the best for kids. Um, well, I'll try to do this. No, are you commit and you do it or you don't, it, there, there's no trying. Like you either commit and say, I'm going to make this happen or you don't. I mean, it's fine if you're not going to, then don't, but if you're, don't give me this try crap, like yep. commit and make it happen. Um, And that's a big part of, of of this. So you know, I was lifting weights and getting stronger and all this stuff. And uh, the first time I bench pressed two hundred seventy five pounds, I had this goofy moment. Uh Maybe I was lightheaded. I don't know. And I said, <laughs> I said, I want to bench press five hundred pounds. And even the guys I trained with, and I, I trained at a you know a very serious gym, a lot of competitive lifters and everything, and they're like. Hmm maybe maybe you want to uh maybe you got to rethink that maybe back away from the Gatorade a little bit uh, let the blood flow back into your brain you know yeah. <laughs> um and it i mean i had worked my tail off just to get to 275 you know so okay i can't well. even imagine that that's more yeah it's that's a lot of I'm weight man <laughs> um and so that's a, a, you know a big thing is um is again i'm i'm like i i, I didn't say i want to try to do 500 i said i'm going to do 500 now It took me seven years, right? It doesn't happen. There's no overnight success, as they always say, right? Yep. Um, But some of the things that along the way, again, helped me develop this whole smack thing of realizing your full potential is that, you know, some of those things that I was able to accomplish with that made me realize the potential that I have. And then also made me realize the potential that others have as I've coached people and mentored them. Coach them in in the athletic world and then mentor them in sort of the business side of things is that we all have this in us. And one of the frustrating things for me is not to myself as well. I know I have this. Why don't I tap into it more often? Because when I do tap into it, some of the results have been absolutely amazing. Right. And, and and, and everyone has this Um, everyone has this in them. So, you know, in the, in the four steps, they're not, you know, earth-shattering type things. But they're things that, you know, if you do them in the right order and you do them to the extent you need to, you're going to be successful. And I can prove to you that you have done them before and you just didn't know it.
0: Yep. And you've, you've had little tastes of success already and you just really haven't understood maybe the process of how you got to taste that. You know, right. that's yep. that's very intriguing. I like that thought. In fact, let's just, let's go and dive into that, man. Let's dive into what smack is. Let's smack up the questers. You know, <laughs> smack I like that. Up the questers. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, so smack, it's SMAC. Um, and, the, and the first step is, is, is really, and they're kind of almost in order of, of in chronology of the way you need to do them, at least the way I think about it is the first, the S is start with yes. Um, and it's really around mindset. Um, more of what limits us, all of us, is our own mind more than anything else. Whether you're trying to accomplish a physical thing, whether it's a mental thing, it doesn't matter. We limit ourselves far too often. We don't realize what our own capabilities are. And that's why when I talk about realizing your full potential, when I say full, I always put it in caps and bold it and underline. Because a lot of people, who says, oh, I'm going to try to reach half of my potential. Like no one says that, right? <laughs> but what I, what I mean by the, the bolded, capitalized underline is probably what you think your full potential is you're, you might be just barely scratching the surface. You might be hitting 60%. You are capable of a hundred and you're only, you think 60 is the best you could do. You didn't say I can bench press 500 pounds. You're like 275. God, I want to get the 350 would be amazing. And you think that's the top. And then you get to 350 and then you're like, ah, then you get to be a, an old fat slob guy, right? Yep. <laughs> Cause you're like, Oh, 350, man. I, I tapped out. I did. Yep, really I'm maxed. Really I'm maxed out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so that starting with yes is so, so important and, um, that mindset around it. So I had a, a real quick example in the corporate world. So working at JPMorgan Chase, the CEO's name is Jamie Dunn. So I need to tell you that backdrop just so people understand the context of the story. So mm-hmm. we had something, um, I worked in corporate planning analysis. We had this project we needed to do that was directly related for He had a presentation coming up. And uh, so I talked to the, the team leader who was gonna be work, doing the work and leading the team that was gonna do this work. And so I told him what you need to do. And right away he said, yeah, we, uh, we, uh, we can't, can't do that, Ken. I said, okay. And so I had to ask a little further because in my mind, can't is another way of saying I won't. Yep, right. And so I said, well, what do you mean? He said, I mean, we just, that's not possible. I said, okay, well, if, if you went back to your desk right now and your phone rang it was Jamie Diamond." And he said, hey, Paul, I need you to do this project for me. What would you say? And he said, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean if, if five of us work for 20 hours a day for the next five days, we could do it. I said, oh, well, so wait a minute. So it can be done. Yep. Right? Now, five people working 20 hours a day for five days is insane. We don't need to do that. But we started with, yes, it can be done. Now, let's figure out a different way to do it that's more feasible. What if we had 10 people work on it for two weeks? Is that feasible? Is that reasonable? <laughs> if you just start with the no, if you just start with there's no way, there's no way we can do it. You, you lose, you, you're, you've lost already. Your mindset yeah, it's is over. Gone. It's over. You're done. Yeah. So you have to start with yes. That's a, an example there. And th- there's a story uh, that kind of segues from the S to the M and smack. Okay. So and it's a Steve Jobs story. Oh, cool. So literally, I find this amazing. And one of my favorite quotes uh, came out of it. So Steve Jobs was 12, 13 years old and, and he, this is him telling the story. I'm paraphrasing of course, but he's 12 or 13 years old. And again, you gotta keep in mind how old Steve Jobs is. And you'll, you'll get an idea, especially questers out there, will get an idea of how long ago this was by a couple of, of clues in the, in, the, in the story. So he's 12 or 13 years old. He's trying to build some sort of computer or something. I don't know, I, I, I call it a flux capacitor, which further dates me, but nonetheless. Um, <laughs> But 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 not much as not as much as Steve Jobs again when I tell you this. So (laughs) he's trying to build a flux capacitor and he says, geez, as a 12 or 13 year old, think of this. And he says, Well, I need I need parts to be able to build this thing. Who would have parts? So he gets out a phone book. (laughs) Yeah, what's that? (laughs) right He gets out a phone book and he looks up the phone number for Bill Hewlett. Of Hewlett Packard. Yes. Wow. Bill Hewlett n- name, number name and number were in the phone book. Again, shows how far back it was. Yeah, right?
0: that's not that's not big anymore.
1: <laughs> no, no, definitely not. So his number's in there, and you know, Steve Jobs calls him. He says, "Hey, I'm 13 years old. I'm trying to build a flux capacitor. I was wondering if you have any spare parts I could have." What the heck? And, and Bill <laughs> Hewlett, does that? You know, as as Steve Jobs is telling the story, you know, he's like Bill Hewlett's like excuse me like, who is this and but he was so impressed he said who did your parents tell you to call me and steve jobs is like why would my parents tell me to do that my parents don't even know i'm trying to build a flux capacity <laughs> and so uh bill hewlett was so impressed that he said i got all kind of spare parts i can give you number one and number two i want to have you come and work during the summer when you're off school at hewlett-packard if you want to learn about computers I'll, I'll show you the whole kit and caboodle, right? Think about that one phone call, first of all. I think that ended up turning out pretty good for Steve Jobs. Oh, yeah, just a little bit, you know. <laughs> but think about the, the, you know, him. He started with yes, definitely. He didn't say, man, you know who would have a lot of computer parts? Hewlett Packard. But I don't know anyone there, so oh, well.
0: Why would he talk to me, you know? Yeah, he's
1: like, hey, screw it. I'm going to call the guy who runs a dang place, right? And so the quote, the Steve Jobs quote from it is, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And yeah. I love that. Because, love that. So again, that limiting thing. We think that someone's too busy, they don't have time or whatever. And it's, it's not the case. And it's, it's, it's proven itself over and over and over again. And so that segues from, like, the start with the S to the M in SMAC is to model expert behavior. So whatever it is your goal is, more than likely – for sure you're not the first person who's done it now let's say for example like me when I was I wanted to set a world record I was gonna be the first person to do that or otherwise wouldn't be a world record but there are people that have set maybe maybe the world record was you know 400 pounds and I wanted to bench press 420 well let me talk to the person who got the 400 and learn from them and then let me take it a step further and get to 420 right you can learn from someone who's already forged the path and been successful in whatever it is your goal and again, think about this. This isn't just weightlifting or track and field or football. This is, this is business. Hey, I want to grow my social media following to a million people. Let me find someone who's got a million followers and say, how the heck did you do this? And Because again, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. So I did this when I started my, my radio show. So I have a radio show called Mr. Biz Radio. I got to tell you, Caleb, I did my first show. It's it's got three segments, I did the first show and, uh, I'm driving on the way home from the studio and I'm like, I think the first segment was pretty bad. I think the second, second, two segments were decent though. Right. So I get home, go through my evening or whatever. I'm curious. So I did one of my little sneak into the office things, right. My home office. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and I listened to the show and I almost had to turn it off. Oh no. I couldn't even listen to it. It was so bad. Um, and so I instantly walked back out, out of the home office. My wife sitting on the couch and I said, I have to get better at this or I'm never going to torture anyone who would happen to, to stumble. <laughs> and listen to like nails going down a chalkboard, the equivalent of nails going down a chalkboard because it was so awful. And so what did I do? I found four nationally syndicated talk shows and I reached out to them. Now, again, most people would say, Ken, why would you? That person's never gonna get back to you. Guess what? All four of them got back to me. Wow. I ended up on a phone with one of them. These and these are named people you would know. Um, people who are successful for the most part, and again, they're very busy people, but they're willing to help because they were they were where you were, you are now at some point or another. And most of them are willing to help and give back now they're not going to probably spend three hours with you because they're busy. Right. Right. But, so I would make it very pointed. Um, each, each person that I end up uh, talking with, you know, one on the phone and three via email, I found specific things to ask each of them about their show. How did you make your show as humorous as it is? For example, one that was a little more on the funny side, how is yours? So introspective, you know, th- things like that. Um, and made my questions very pointed. So I got, you know, really to the meat of what I needed to get out of that person who was an expert already. I wanted to model their expert, you know, behavior and, and they had already forged that path. There's no need for me to, you know, recreate that or do that on, on, on my own. Um, you know, even going from, you know, bench pressing back to that 275 to 500, I don't know how to bench press 500 pounds. Like, let me find someone who does. <laughs>
0: That's and awesome. so
1: I found a guy who was based in Iowa and I reached out to him, same thing. What's the worst thing he's going to do? Say no. Wow, dude. I reached out to the guy. He had, he had uh, won two world titles and had a world record. I reached out to him and ended up talking to him on the phone. And I, and I told him, I said, Hey, could I, could I fly out to Iowa and train with you for a week? And he was like, what? Like who does that? I'm like, I do. I want to learn. And I want to learn from the best. So, and he was like, heck yeah, man. If you're going to take off work and you're that committed to this goal, you're going to take off work and pay the expense of flying out here and just, bring it on. Let's go. He said, you better strap in because we're going to get after it. I'm like, that's what I'm looking for. Right? That's awesome, man. Um, and so I learned a ton from him. I'm still good friends with him wow. to this day. Um, you know, as I was getting better with, with the weightlifting, I got to a point where I started competing. And I found out in, in, in powerlifting, there are weight classes. So I needed to optimize my body weight. So how do you do that? So I started reading books. I read six different books about weight manipulation and about cutting weight to make weight and all that kind of stuff. Wow. Right. So I found the, the book that I, I found, one the, One of the books was okay. Three of them or four of them were, were pretty good and one of them was just absolutely amazing, right? Mm-hmm. So what did I do? I, I reached out to the author. That's <laughs> it, this guy, man. <laughs> I mean, why not, right? What's, I love it, dude. I love this dude? attitude. What's he going to say? I mean, the worst he can say is no. And I say, okay, yep. well, let me go to the sec- my second favorite book out of those six, right? I reached out to the guy. He was like, holy crap, like this is awesome. And he could tell my passion. He knew from talking with me on the phone. And I literally started out, and this is a, a tip for questers out there who, who are going to go down this road. I didn't ask. I didn't say, hey, do you have an hour? Because the guy's probably really busy. <laughs> do
0: you a you have a lot of time? <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm like, can I pick your brain for 10 minutes? Wow. And who's not willing to give you 10 minutes? Yeah. You know, oh yeah. Everyone right? can find 10 minutes. And so I, I scripted out what I wanted to ask him and I was trying to be rapid fire. Cause I knew I had yep. 10 minutes. Right? I'm on a phone with him and literally we're eight minutes in. I set the timer because I want to be respectful. I don't want to say, Hey, can you have 10 minutes and I'm going to take a half hour, right? That's yes. Not so I set my timer when I get on the phone with this guy and we're eight minutes and I said, Hey, I, we only have two minutes left and I wanted to ask you two more things. So let me just combine them into one question. He goes, dude, I'll talk to you for the rest of the hour.
0: He's <laughs> oh like, I can
1: gosh. tell that you are passionate about this. He's like, you, I love it. He's like, I can tell you've read every word of my book. The, the questions you're asking, et cetera, et cetera. So you can't fake the funk, right? You yeah. can't call someone an expert and go, I've read all your books. If you haven't read the books, mm-hmm. right? Because they're going to know, right? They wrote the dang things. They're going to know. <laughs> You're going to know if you're faking the funk and you're just being like a fanboy or fangirl or whatever. But yeah. I talked to him and uh, he helped me tremendously, right? This guy was really, really good at it. So I got to the point where, talk about realizing your full potential and really stretching those boundaries and not allowing your mind to set arbitrary limits. And, uh, you know, so I'll, I'll ask you, maybe not. You're, you're a slim guy, so maybe not. But a lot of times I, I ask people, you know, uh, how many people have gone on a diet and lost 10 pounds before? Like if I'm speaking in front of a group, I usually ask that. And almost every person raises their hand, right? Oh yeah. And I'll say, okay, so how much weight do you think would be a good amount of weight to lose on a diet in a week? So you just were spot on on your diet. You went to the gym every time you were supposed to, you worked out really hard. What's what's a good amount to lose in a week? And usually some people will say, oh, five, seven pounds, yep, eight, five pounds. pounds. <laughs> that sounds about right. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And so then I say, well, how about a day? And so they look at me kind of funny, like, well, why is he talking about this? And so usually someone will say, oh, a pound, right? Pound and a half, two pounds. And I say, what if I told you that I lost 17 pounds in 24 hours? Because I have. What the? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and that's that's the thing. And, And actually, sometimes when I'm speaking to people in person, I can see people who just get turned off right away. And one person in particular, I, I gave this speech r- recently in front of a, a large group and I saw this woman, she's like completely engrossed in what I'm talking about. As soon as I said that she turned around literally turned her back on me for the rest of the talk. And so she was leaving and I, I said, hey, excuse me, I said, you, can I ask you a question real quick? And she was like, yeah, sure. And she seemed a little bit bothered, right? Right. <laughs> I, I, I kind of lost you partway through the presentation. And I said, just for my own feedback, you know, was there something I said in particular, was there something offensive or, and she said, well, I know when you said you lost 17 pounds in a day that you're full of crap. There's just, that's not even humanly possible. And dang, what I wanted to tell her was the fact that you set that arbitrary limit in your head tells me that you were of all people should have been the one, the most listening to me because you're setting that arbitrary limit. I'm telling you, it's all documented. I literally lost, and it's, it's, it's water weight manipulation. I didn't lose 17 pounds of fat in a day. That's not possible. Um, but I lost 17 pounds in a 24 hour period, and I weighed in because when you, in powerlifting, you weigh in 24 hours before you compete. Yes. As soon as you weigh in, you have time to, to, to gain, you have 24 hours to gain weight back, rehydrate, get the carbs back in you, all that good stuff. And so, from all the studying I'd done and reaching out to this expert, this author on the subject, I had refined my own process and for my own body and figured out how to do this and went from 215 down to 198 in 24 hours. Wow. Um, Funny side note to that story. So my process, I'm very, as you might be able to tell, I'm very analytical, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit. Just a little bit, right? So I wanted to make sure I was there. Uh, I get to my weight about an hour before weigh-ins because I want to be first in line for weigh-ins because I want to weigh in and start rehydrating and eating right away. So I get a full 24 hours, right? So I get done early. I'm the first person in line, so I'm sitting down because I feel like crap. Losing 17 pounds in 24 hours is—I I don't recommend it. It's not yep. very fun. Not very fun. Um, and so the guy, second guy, comes up and he sits down. Doesn't say a word to me, and I'm just trying to stay in my lane. Like, just get me to the scale. I just went away in and started eating and drinking again, right? And this guy is like sighing and making all these sounds. He doesn't say anything to me verbally, but he's making. So finally, I look over and I go, "You all right, man? Yeah." And he goes, uh, he goes, oh man, sorry. He goes, I just, I'm hurting. I'm like, yeah, I, I feel you. He goes, I had to, I had to cut weight. I'm like, oh man, that stinks. I said, well, how much did you have to cut? He goes, I had to cut four pounds this week. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wait a second. Hold the phone. <laughs> I want what I wanted to say in my head was, that's cute. Yeah, yeah, you're- <laughs> like I lost that in the last hour and a half, but you know. <laughs> Of course, I didn't say that. I'm like, oh man, that's you know that's that's tough. What you know? a bummer. <laughs> the next day, um, the guy I've had a good bit of success in competing, and so but the guy didn't know who I was um, in the sport, and someone had told him, uh, I guess or whatever, and he came over to me. He's like, I had no idea who I was sitting next to, and I had no idea that I was sitting next. Oh my to my Mister Weight Loss himself. He's like, how much weight did you cut? I'm like, you know, it's not important. Nope. You know, don't worry about it. He's like, seriously, you got to tell me, man. I'm like, it was more than four pounds. He goes, I know it more than four. How much was it? I'm <laughs> I lost 17 pounds. He goes, how much? Like in a week? I'm like, no, in a day. He's like, oh my gosh. So then no. he said, you have to teach me your ways. You, wow. How do you do it? You know. So he he was reaching out to me because he didn't want to forge a new path. Yes. He was modeling you know, uh, someone who had already achieved some of this stuff. So it's just – but and I don't say this – Tell the stories to to brag. Oh, I, I have world records. Right. It's show I'm a regular person, but I've been able to use this this smack this four steps to achieve things that people literally when I speak to them, they see me and they go, "This guy's full of crap." There's no, you can't even do that. Like, yep. Um, and, let,
0: and let me say, this is
1: an amazing story about your character, and
0: and and it's so important to be positive in life, right? That goes right along with start with yes, right? The first S. But more than anything, I think what I'm learning from you, and I hope the questions are kind of catching along too, is if opportunities are doors in life, why are you waiting for doors to open up for you when you should just be going and opening those doors, right? It's because doors are easy to open, but people get scared. People start undervaluing maybe themselves and underestimating like what value they can bring to somebody else. And they start saying no immediately. They start creating that arbitrary no, like you were talking about. So if anything, questions. what you should be learning from Mr. Biz, from Ken, um, is that you are on a path, opportunities are doors, open them. Just do it. Just go for it. What's the worst that can happen? The door's locked? Someone says no? But you'll have a higher chance of doors opening and opportunities flowing into your life. And I love this story,
1: man. I love this. And if by chance the door isn't open... Find it, find another door.
0: Yeah, there's so many doors. There's you know, like so many I said, doors. Like I, said,
1: when I reached out those six books. I picked my favorite and I reached out to my favorite author of those six. And my plan was I'm gonna ask this guy, and if he's like basically like buzz off, I don't know who the <laughs> heck you are, I'll go to the second one. Yeah, right. I'm gonna find another expert who's an author and an expert in subject. I'm gonna keep going until I find someone who's willing to help me and who's an expert in you know this particular field. So love it, dude. So, anyway, so, sorry. Continue. Yes. Yeah, smack. No. No. It's so so important. So and going from that. So you know, start with yes, and then you know, model expert behavior. Don't be afraid to do that, and don't be afraid to reach out to these yep. you know people that you think that won't you know wouldn't give you the time of day. You'll be very. So I'm almost certain you'll be very surprised if you do it the right way.
0: The right. Thing, exactly.
1: You have to be full of respect, humility. You know, those things are really right. important. And like I said, you don't say, hey, can I get an hour of your time? Or don't, and by the way, don't even just say, hey, can I can I hop on the phone with you? Because nope. to something that's busy, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be on a phone with this person for three hours, right? Yep. Say specifically, is there any way I could get 10 minutes of your time? 10 minutes, you're putting a perimeter, but then stick to the 10 minutes, like I yep. said. Don't, yep. Now, if they want to talk to you more, awesome, great. But stick to the 10 minutes, like you said, be respectful. Because maybe what'll happen is the same thing that happens to me is they start talking to you, like, holy crap this is awesome. Right. I want to talk to this person more and I want to teach them more and I want to, you know, interact with them more. So, um, but the, so the third one, um, super important as well. Accountability. That's the A. Um, and when I say accountability, again, it's an obvious step and personal accountability is very important, but what to me and what I've found is even more important. Let me ask you, Caleb, do you like to disappoint people? No. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> so how do you, use, because personal accountability is one thing. And a lot of people have that iron will, right? But even those people, even all of us, we have lulls, we have bad days. You, you get to the point where you feel defeated. I mean, everyone goes, it doesn't matter how strong you are. Everyone has those days. That's when you need to have uh, an inner circle, a network around you to yes. hold you accountable. Yes. you your butt up out of there, right? So, so how do you create that without saying, "Hey guys, here's my goal. Can you make sure you check in on me and see if I'm, you know"? Yeah. <laughs> to me, that's like the old crappy way of doing things, right? That I don't think that's an effective way because then people feel obligated. And then, by the way, the other thing that you could run into in that scenario is, let's say I ask you, Caleb. Hey, Caleb, I, here's my goal. I want you to make sure that you're checking in and hold me accountable. Like really stay on me about it. And you know that I'm having a bad, I'm in a bad space. You know that I've hit my law. Well, you're a nice guy. Yeah. I want to hold him accountable, but I don't really want to like pile on while he's having a bad day. Yep. That's what, that's when I really need it. Right. You you know what I mean? And so I think that what I've found, there's a couple different ways to do that. So one of the things I used to do, is I'm, I am very transparent about my my primary goals. I want anyone and everyone who asked me, anyone and everyone who asked me, I want them to know what my goals are. And the reason I, I want that is I'm creating accountability within my network, within my inner circle, because the next time I talk to that person, for example, when I was competing, someone would say, oh, Ken, um, you know, do you have a competition coming up? Yeah, absolutely, I got the world championships in July. What, what do you plan on doing, what's your goal? I'm playing on benching 500 pounds. Now, when I see that person in July or August, what do you think they're gonna do? They're gonna say, gonna ask hey, you. how did we <laughs> go? Yep. And I don't wanna let them down. I don't wanna have that conversation and say, ah, I did 450, right? I wanna be able to say, I freaking rocked the house. I got my goal, I did, you know? And so that creates accountability. That, it's like a Jedi mind trick, right? And again, I'm using a Star Wars reference. <laughs> Maybe you do like Star Wars subconsciously. Maybe I do, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm just in denial. I don't know. Um, but and it's not like dislike. I just not you don't watch all of them. But anyway, right. You create that accountability without without saying, "Hey, make sure you check in on me." You know, you're creating that accountability whether you realize it or not. So I used to do that all the time. Tell everybody. I used to get when I had a competition coming up, I would get a custom T-shirt made that had some sort of motivational thing on it, and then in giant number on my chest was my goal. So people at the gym knew what that was. And so they That's would ask awful. me about it. And people at the gym who didn't know what it was, they would say, why do you have a giant number on your, set, on your chest? And I would tell them, well, now, now they're part of my accountability group without, without even asking them, right? Um, and, and so uh, I do it with my businesses. So I have an advisory council. So I, on the first of the month, doesn't matter if it's a Saturday, Sunday, doesn't matter what day, on the first of the month, they get an email from me telling them how I'm trending on my primary goals for the year every single month. Wow. It's the same thing, right? I hit the 20th of the month and I'm like, Holy crap, I'm behind. I'm behind. Yep. I got 10 days to figure this out because I don't want to get to the first and let my advisory council down. I don't want them to know that I fell short. So now what, what level of activity do I need these last 10 days of the month to accomplish what I set out to do for this month? So not waiting until the end of the month and going, crap, I didn't make it, right? Track that thing along the way and then reverse engineer the activity level you need to get there, right? Like, especially with sales, things like sales. I mean, you, yep. you would know that very well, right? Um, you know that, again, making it very oversimplifying it, but for every 100 uh, contacts I make with a prospect, I'm gonna ha- you know I'm going to close 10 of them. So I'm going to 10%. Well, if I'm behind and I need to close 10 more, how many does that mean? Okay. So to close 10 people and it takes a hundred to get me to 10, I need to reach out to a hundred people in the next 10 days. How the heck am I, you know, reverse yep. engineering? Yep. Um, it, it, look, I used to carry uh, one of the other things that for me, for personal accountability, that was really, really powerful other than just, Hey man, I'm going to do this. That kind of thing was I would get those three by five index cards. And I would print out in giant, in giant numbers the weight that was my goal. I'd print out four, five, six of them. I would put one on the mirror above my sink in, in our bathroom. So every day when I'm brushing my teeth, when I'm shaving, when I'm washing my face, that thing's staring at me, constant reminder, right? Can't get away from it. Yep. I would take one and I would put it on a dashboard in my truck. Now, every time I get in and out of my truck, I see it. I would tape one to my monitor at work. It's always there. It's yep. always there. Constant reminder. And in an indirect way, I'm also helping build that inner circle and network accountability because you know why? Someone gets into my truck. We go to, yep. lunch, <laughs> to my truck and they go, hey, uh, weirdo, why do you have an index card with a big number on it taped to your dashboard? What the heck is that about? I tell them, and now they know now they're building your accountability circle i love it man i love it super powerful man super powerful and then the last one i'll share with you is i i I use these These oh yes man i am a huge advocate of the small you you literally can fit them in your pocket right they're super small um but so like I, i mentioned before going from 275 to 500 took me seven years how do you stay motivated for seven years even my training cycles for you know nationals and world championships and things like that were 16 to 18 weeks. I and mean, that's a long time, right? So yes. I would carry the, this sucker around and every day I had to write down, depending I got to a point where I got to five, but I would have when I first started, I would write down, I had to write down at least three things every single day that I did that day, just that day, to get me closer to whatever the goal was. That's all.
0: And questions. You guys can't see what he's holding. It's, it's a composition notebook. That's pocket yeah. size.
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they're yeah. like,
0: Whoa, they're like, I can't believe what is he holding? You <laughs>
1: right, right, Um, but no, that, so, and, and by the way, here's the, the, the extra benefit of that. So some people go, well, yeah, you can just, you can, as I say, you can fake the funk on that because you can at the end of the day, you just skip a day. You got ah, right. like, I don't do it. So yes, you do have to hold yourself personally accountable. But here's where it really comes into effect. And here's where this, this particular small composition notebook helped me. When you inevitably, as I mentioned earlier, hit those laws, when you have that crap day where it just seems like the world is conspiring against you, you know what I would do? I would pull out that stinking notebook and I would flip back 10 pages and start reading. Oh, that's awesome. What did I do 10 days ago to get me towards my goal? What did I do nine days ago? I get about three days in and I'm ready to run through a brick wall, right? It gets you completely re-energized and you're like, holy crap, look at all this that I've done to get to this goal already. There's no stopping me now. This is yeah. one day. You know what I mean? It gets you, you within yourself. You can re-motivate yourself. Inspiring without, yourself. That's powerful, man. Yeah. This, 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 little, these little notebooks, man, I, I, I literally go to the, uh, to like an office max and I buy like 25 of them. <laughs> oh because I and look, I, I'll tell you, I have a, a cabinet full of them. So I only, there's only one goal per book. So anytime I need to, I can go bait back in 2015 when I did X, Y, and Z, let me pull that book out Yep, and I could flip through and see every. Wow. Wow, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell you it's, it's, again, different things work for different people, but these have been super, super powerful for me. Seriously, though, good for you, man, because it's, it's
0: finding simple things in life to help you achieve your goals and to, and to uh, embrace your vision almost. Like, the, for example, when you were putting those index cards everywhere, I, I love that because when you have a vision, it's so beautiful, especially in the moment when you first think of it, you get inspired, you feel that motivation, but you've got to put it in places that will help you embrace it, you know, to make it you, to encompass yourself and the vision together because that's when you're going to start seeing results. That's when you're going to start accomplishing goals. That's when you're going to start saying, like, wow, I'm doing this, you know? I'm doing right. this. And right. I feel like a lot of people lose that today because they don't—they overcomplicate it. They they don't think that simple things will actually help them and increase their odds, but they do, man. They, I totally, I, I love that, dude. Holy cow.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, simple things, simple things. Yes. Um, so the C. Yes, the here we go. Let's get <laughs> to the C. To the C. Uh, and the C is again, it's it's almost chronological, right? These steps, you got to, you start with the yes, you, you, uh, you model expert behavior, you get the accountability going. And then the last thing you got to do is you have to, this have to demonstrate consistent perseverance. That's the C consistent, consistent perseverance. And so here's where the point where I prove to everybody that we all have us. So someone might say, Oh, that, that works for Ken. And, Maybe Ken, some like crazy guy that's like, you know, got these wonderful powers and I just don't have those. You do. And here's how I'm going to prove it to you. Think back in your life and times when you went all in on something. And when I say all in, a lot of people use that term to me way too loosely. Yeah. I'm talking all in. And most people, especially if you're younger, you might only have one of those times, maybe two, right? Um, Where you really, again, don't fake the funk when you really are all in. So let me give an example of all what I mean by all in any historians that are listening by chance, and I'm not, one, of them, I but I love this story. Um, there was a, an explorer named, his name was Hernan Cortez. Um, he sailed from Spain over to what is now a uh, current day Cuba um, from Cuba. They decided, Hey, we want to start exploring Mexico. So they want to go further West and they wanted to conquer that land. So this guy's he's, he's, he's a badass back then, right? And he says, yep. you know what? Give me some ships and I'll go take care of it. So they sail from Cuba over to Mexico. And at, at that point in time back then, this was uh, like in the early 1500s, um, the Aztecs ruled all that land. So they get their ships and they get to the land. And I, I, again, I don't know this, but I've read several versions of the story and I kind of picture they, they they dock their boats, their ships, and then they kind of get, get up over the beach and they crawl up over the hill and they look over and they go, holy crap, we're in for trouble. They were outnumbered, as some accounts say, 50 to 1. Wow. And so his guys turn to Cortez and they go, uh, okay, Captain, what do we do? You know what he told them to do? Oh, no. What? Burn the ships. Burn what? the ships. And as again, I, of course I'm you know, from the, from the, the they're like, what do you, what do you mean? Burn the ships? How, you know, if we start to lose, how are we going to jump back on ships to like save our lives? He's like, that's the point. Burn the ships. We're either going to win or we're going to die burn the freaking ships and let's make it happen. So of course I wouldn't be telling the story if they weren't triumphant. It took them two years, but they conquered the land because wow. there was no option. They were all in. Now, back to your one or two times in your life, maybe, Listen, investors <laughs> out there, I'm not suggesting that you go all in and you either are successful or you die. I'm not suggesting that. <laughs> Burn the house. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit you know, extreme, um, but that's what I mean by all in, because a lot of people say, oh yeah, I'm all in, man, let's make it happen. And they're, they're faking the funk. They're not really right. all in. Like, you got to really say, I'm going to make this happen now of those one to two times maybe in your life when you've done that, how many times were you unsuccessful? And I don't have to wait for your answer because I know the answer to it. The answer was you were successful every time yep. because if you really be, <laughs> that's impressive. If you're not faking the funk and you were all in, you would have used consistent perseverance until you succeeded. Now, again, you may have said, I want to do this in six months and it took you eight months. So it may have taken a little bit longer, but you were successful because you consistently persevere. It may have taken you, you thought, 12 steps. And it took you 22 steps, but you use consistent perseverance. You did not stop until you were successful. The, the perfect example of this uh, is a quote by Babe Ruth, I think was probably the greatest baseball player of all time. Yes. He said it is impossible to beat someone who never gives up. And if you do that with your goals, consistent perseverance, think about it. If you never give up, how could you not be successful? Again, it may take you longer. You're going to get there, though. You will get there. You'll keep trying. Yeah. You know, the, the there's a famous quote by Thomas Edison. I'll probably butcher or whatever, but <laughs> someone, someone asked him about um, supposedly about you know when he created light bulb. Uh huh. Supposedly it took him you know a thousand tries to to create you know to, to create light meant light bulb. And they said, why did you not get discouraged? You know whatever. And he said, hey man, I found 999 ways it won't work. That's true. (laughs) That's true, man. (laughs) He used consistent perseverance. He's like, well, that one won't work. Let me try this one. What to your point earlier, he kept opening new doors. Yep. Right. He kept opening new doors. Um, but the, but that's that, that's the C is the consistent perseverance. And that, that one is key right there. If you lay the groundwork with the other three and then you use consistent perseverance, you're going to get there. Think about even backing it up a step. Let's say you had that goal, and you said you 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 shared it with your inner circle your network and you said i'm gonna do fill in the blank um i don't know what uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna make a million dollars in the next six months and you tell everyone that right in six months people go hey how's it going you go you know what i'm at eight hundred thousand, but i have a plan i'm going to get to my million so again it may have taken you eight months but you're still going to get there yeah right and that accountability is going to help you get there right um and, and more importantly the consistent perseverance of continuing to open that new door and you know, you see all those memes all the time about entrepreneurship and what it really, people, what people think it looks like and what it really (laughs) really looks like. So it's um, a stamina battle.
0: It's an endurance battle. It really is. Oh my gosh. I totally, every time I think of any time in my life where I've really just had to, you know, truly grind the moments I fail is because I am not up to the challenge. You know, I'm not, in that desperate mode. Maybe like that story you're talking about, um, burning all the ships behind me. I, I didn't really, I had something I could fall back on still, you know? Yeah. So, but the times I was successful, it was because in those moments, it was, I was eating, sleeping and breathing this, whatever it was I needed to accomplish. And it, it forced my hand, you know, it became a part of who I was and I would achieve it. Um, as few as it may be those moments, it strikes me really hard when you bring that up because those are also very beautiful moments. They were hard moments. But they're beautiful and they're inspiring.
1: Um, and when you so accomplish that, those things, right, when you do that, when you see one of your goals to fruition like that and you achieve it, that, that success breeds additional success. Yep. Like I'll tell you now, you know, looking back, losing 17 pounds in 24 hours, like I look at now and, and it's obviously it's a, it's a physical thing, right? Yep. But it's also very much a mental thing. Huge. There's so many different times during that 24 hours when you want to quit. Um, yeah, and, I believe it. <laughs> it's, just, it's unbelievable, right? But now that's one of the things that that's one of my go tos now. When times are tough, I look back and go, "Dude, you lost 17 pounds in one day, and you're you're complaining or you're saying you can't do this." Fill in the blank, whatever this is, right? Come on, dude. Yep. Suck it up. Like you can do this. You you've done this. You've done this. You've done this you can absolutely do this next thing, right? Yep. Um, it just breeds success and it gets you going again and, and it gets you fired up. And, and look, there are so many celebrities that have a bunch of stories like this. I mean, I know, like The Rock, his production company now is called, uh, uh, what is it, Seven Bucks and Something because he says that he got down to his last $7. He had $7 in his bank account and then he finally got his break. Yeah. But you know, his ship was burned right yep, <laughs> yes <it was laughs> nowhere to go <laughs> right. um you know there's all sorts of stories of that you know uh whatever bill gates you know uh, was turned down i forget 52 times trying to pitch yep. my office to someone still a Win- crazy amount yeah yeah Oprah winfrey was told she'd never make it in television i mean you know uh, you got to yeah. keep you got to keep getting up that that proverbial knockdown. 7 times you get up 8 that's consistent perseverance if you never quit you, you, you can't lose. You literally cannot lose. Yep. And, and the reason we look at those examples is
0: because you're seeing it in real time, you know, people who have lived through it and they are the, the, the light the like the testimony that, yeah, it works, man. It works. And more people just need to realize that in their own lives and to accept it in their own lives. And that one day, you know, maybe they don't get as big as Oprah Winfrey, but they're going to be like you finding the Holy grail to what makes you happy and fulfilled every day. That's
1: what it is about. That's what it's Howard about. Schultz, the, the guy who started and, and runs Starbucks. I just saw this quote uh, recently is another example of that. I, I think he, it was, he was turned down by like 110 banks. 100, Great, so banks. <laughs> oh my gosh. How do you even get to 110 banks?
0: Right.
1: <laughs> At some point you go, you know what? I'm just going to try to get the number as high as I possibly yep. can. <laughs> um, but again, think about it. If it, you know, if how much money is that guy worth now, right? Oh I mean, yeah. Oh he would have my said no after after hearing no seventy-five times, if he would have said, oh, okay, maybe this isn't such a good idea. Yeah. He didn't. He said, I know this is a good idea. Consistent perseverance. I'm going somehow I'm gonna figure this out. Somehow it's gonna work. Yeah. I'm gonna keep going through another door and another door and another door until I get there. Um except that there's tons of those stories. Dude. But that's the thing. A lot of people that are what we coin as successful now, the the Oprahs, The Rock, uh, you know, Howard Schultz, Warren Buffett, almost all these people have a story just like that. And for good reason. My point point is, Caleb, we all have this, but we're not all using it and we're not using it often enough. I don't use it often enough for me. I know that I have this in me and I look at it and go, why am I not doing that? Like, why am I? And you can't do that with five goals at the same time. You can't. Because you have to be like, to be completely all in on something, you're all in. Like you, you probably can only do one at a time. Yep. Laser Ah. focus, man. Laser focus. Um, And some things are going to slip by the wayside, you know, as you're all in on that one thing. But, um, you know, like I said, that's a lot of times what it takes to be that successful of of some of those folks. And even if you don't aspire to that, you know, someone, I, I was, I got interviewed recently and someone asked me what my definition of success was. And I, I, and it kind of caught me off guard and honestly, I've been interviewed a million times and no one's ever asked me that. What? So That's crazy. <laughs> for a second, and I said, for me, success is fulfilling your purpose in life, whatever that is, right? Maybe your purpose in life is you want to be a, you want to be a billionaire. Did you get there? Then you fulfilled your purpose. You, you were successful. Maybe you want to help feed 10,000 people in Africa. Did you make that happen? Then you were successful. Uh, maybe you want to raise amazing kids. Maybe, you know, whatever those purposes in life are, it doesn't matter if there's a monetary thing associated with it or not. In my eyes, it's, did you fulfill that purpose in life? Seriously? I, I just, I I wish for
0: every quester, everyone out there to realize the simplicity in being able to reach your full potential. And I think sometimes people mistake full potential with Um, like, oh, it just means I need to be working harder, right? It just needs to be, I need to be grinding 14 hours a day, every day. And that's when I'm reaching my true potential. It's really just about finding what fulfills you, like your definition of success. That's that's what it is, man. That is the definition of success. Um, finding what success means to you. (laughs) And that's, that's it, man. That's the crux of your life and your purpose. And then fight for it. Um, So I want to end on this note um, because I love that we talked about smack questers get smacked Get smacked. It's about time that you get smacked And I hope that you kind of learned a little bit about how you can reach your true potential Um, Honestly, Ken, this has been amazing, man. I, I really appreciate your time and your talents your experiences Um, The pains that you've gone through, the the things you've been able to share, they're they're inspiring to me, and I know they're inspiring to our audience. Um, Last question, last question that I would ask you. If you could talk to everybody in the world at one time um, and give them just some piece of advice,
1: what would that be? Honestly, I would go back to the golden rule. I would, and I say this to my kids all the time, you know, when our kids were younger, treat people the way you want to be treated uh, is what I would tell them. Yes. Um, And I really feel like, and I, I say it all the time. I feel like I, I'm like a grouchy old man when I say it, but, (laughs) but, (laughs) but I really feel like, you know, especially with some of the turmoil we have in the world, not only, you know, between the U S and other countries, but even internal to the U S and things like that. um, And I'm not, you know, some, I'm not a big, like, tree hugging type person or whatever, but (laughs) I really feel like if everyone treated people the way they actually wanted to be treated, the world would be so much, so much of a better place. I mean, what I was was starting to say when our girls were younger and they were, you know, five and eight years old and they're fighting about who's going to play with the baby doll or, you know, whatever it may have been. And one of them calls one of them a name or whatever. And I would use that all the time. And I would say, the one that's called the other one, the name I would say, would you want her to call you that name? And she would say, no, it's as simple as that. Treat people the way you want to be treated. And so the, the hilarious, hilarious and rewarding part as a father is fast forward a few years. I hear them upstairs and I, I would usually, unless the arguments are getting, you know, nasty, I want them to learn how to work things out, right? Work conflict management, right? Conflict. Yep. yep. (laughs) And so I hear him upstairs arguing and one of them, whatever, calls the other one stupid or, you know, whatever, something. And the other one said, would you want me to call you stupid? Oh, the there it one, is. And the other one starts crying and said, I'm sorry. Wow, <laughs> I'm, <"Yeah."> that's awesome. <laughs> yes. I mean, but, you know, kidding aside, I really feel like that just happens too often. And I know sometimes you get in a heated moment and we all say things now and again that, you know, we, we wish we could take back. and. But man, that the golden rule is just it's golden for a reason, right? It it is. I mean, it really is. And I hate to steal someone else's line or whatever, but man, I just really feel like the world would be a better place if we all used the golden rule. I love that, man.
0: Thank you so much again for being on the show, everyone. um, If you appreciated um, Mr. Biz for everything that he's been talking about, please Go visit him, man. Go check him out. He's on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, everything. He has an awesome, huge Facebook page. Um, that's just fantastic. It's Mr. Biz solutions, right? I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's exactly what it is. Um, yeah. and biz is just with one Z. Uh, it's really yeah. easy to find him. Um, Mr. Biz solutions.com as well. If you want to check out his programs, um, Be sure also to tune in every week to hear from people just like Mr. Biz with amazing stories and amazing pains and trials who who are going to be able to inspire you in ways that maybe you just can't do right right now. You know, they're going to help you. You're going to understand from different perspectives how you can become more wholly successful in your life. So every Thursday, um, check us out. We're probably by the time that this actually gets released, we're going to be doing two episodes a week, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, And be sure to subscribe rate us and let us know more than anything. Let us know if you liked or disliked this episode. We, I, I'm sure Mr. Biz can agree. All we want to do is get better. <laughs> we want to learn. We want to hear everything, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah. So, um, you know what you're doing? Caleb? You're creating accountability. I love it. Ah, yeah. There you go. See it. that man. Naturally. I love that. Thank
0: you. Yeah. Um. But yeah, guys tune into us next week and we will see you later. Have a successful day.